It's Thursday, May 13th, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes, our tribe beat writer. Hoynesy, the Indians are in Seattle. They left right after the ball game yesterday after walking off the Chicago Cubs, a two-game sweep thanks to Ahmed Rosario's RBI double in the 10th inning that gave the Indians a, a, you know, their second straight win against Chicago. Uh, Rosario, four hits now in the, in, in the ball game. And uh, just really looked, you know, like like the professional hitter that they traded for uh, when they when they sent Francisco Linder to, to New York. They got back a bat that is is really sort of starting to assert himself in the Indians lineup. Yeah, and that would be great, wouldn't it, Joe? I mean, they certainly need that. I I saw that you wrote something. He's he's hitting two ninety six in May after you know a, really a kind of a dismal uh, dismal April. But he had a lot of company in April, but hopefully this gets him going. And, uh, you know, he hits his stride here. And uh, whether he's playing shortstop or center field, uh, as long as he's swinging the bat, that's going to help. Yeah, whether he's playing shortstop or center field, I think he's going to be in there on a regular basis. Regardless, uh, he's he's making the case for playing every day wherever he is uh, in the lineup. Uh, and, and he's starting to look more comfortable in center field. That was the point that Terry Francona made in his postgame remarks. Uh, he got fooled on a ball. I think uh, the wind had something to do with it, and it, it was kind of a, an in-between ball uh, by, hit by Wilson Contreras that sort of dropped uh, in front of him uh, in the game uh, yesterday. But other than that, you know, he was able to go back on a couple of balls. Uh, what I find myself doing when, I, when I'm watching him play center field in person uh, when a ball's hit in the air, I don't watch the ball. I don't watch necessarily, you know, where his eyes are. I watch his feet, and his feet tell me a lot about, you know, whether or not the ball's going to be caught, whether or not he's he's in a position to make a play. Uh, he's he's a, a natural shortstop, so he's got good feet, good quick feet, and that's one of the things that's making this transition to center field, you know, uh, not not an easy one, not a great one, but but one that he can make. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he's got that speed. He's got great speed. And, uh, you know, that's going to be an asset as well. As long as he gets on base, he can take the extra base. He's an aggressive uh, base runner, uh, maybe steal a base. So and that's got to help him in center field, get to the gaps and get back and come in on balls. He just Joe, I don't know about you, but he doesn't he doesn't look like a a lot of shortstops I've seen. He looks you know, he plays upright. You know, he looks almost too stiff to play the position. But in center field, uh, maybe maybe that's more his, uh, you know, more more in his, uh, you know, venue. Well, and he's, he's he's a little bit bigger than, you know, what, what a yeah. shortstop you're used to seeing, like, like physically. So uh, I still – I have concerns about throwing, you know, the, the way that he throws. He throws like a shortstop in, in center field, and, and that yeah. doesn't necessarily, you know, fit – uh, it's something you you have to change maybe the just the way that your your arm comes through because really you can sling a ball uh, you know sidearm three quarter uh, as as a shortstop but you can't really do that from the outfield uh, you've really got to come over the top a little bit more but yeah yeah I, I I just it it's interesting to watch him develop I just wish that that part of his development didn't have to happen in major league games uh, you know sort of by necessity. Right now, uh, you know, because you watch him compared to uh, a Harold Ramirez who goes out there, 
who's you know come up playing center field and who feels like a natural there and and the movement is just different and the everything is just a little a little bit different but again uh you know give him more time and, and we'll see where it takes him yeah and then you know frank kona has said um you know that it him the throwing thing is going to probably come the late the last thing to come that he's going to really have to change his style and that's going to be a year-long process i think all right well uh we got to see sam Henches finally make his first start uh the last time he w- appeared in a game it was uh following an opener uh in a game that he was originally supposed to start but i think they they thought better of it uh, this time uh tito said to be a little bit more fair to sam they were going to just let him go start the game right out of the shoot. Uh, and he, he didn't disappoint. He, uh, he didn't, didn't give up a run in four and what, four and two thirds innings, uh, looked pretty strong. Uh, had a lot of traffic, but threw some really nice curveballs. Uh, I, his curveball was really on yesterday and he, and he went to it as often as he could. Yeah. That's encouraging. What four hits, four walks, six strikeouts, uh, you know, so, you know, that's eight, at least eight runners. He didn't, and, uh, you know, eight runners that he f- put on base. So that's a lot. But, you know, the fact that he didn't give up a run is, you know, that says something for, for him, says something for his competitiveness. And uh, that's encouraging. You know, that's a first step, Joe. And uh, it, like we've talked about before, you know, there's not a lot of people in the pipeline right now. So he, I think they're going to keep running him out there for a while. Yeah, it's it's going to be Sam Henches uh, in that spot for uh, for at least the the foreseeable future. Uh, Nick Sandlin came out of the bullpen, uh, rescued him in the fifth inning uh, out of a jam, and then uh, came and pitched the sixth. Gave up a, a double to his last batter faced, and that run actually came around and scored. It was the only run of the game uh, for the Cubs uh, off of Brian Shaw. Uh, actually, that was Brian Shaw's first inherited runner scored this year, but. Uh, and Sandlin, uh, again, sort of looks the part. He looks like he fits in really nicely with that bullpen. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, they've been waiting for this guy for a while, as we've said before. Uh, he got here a little earlier than expected, and uh, he's made a, he's made an impression. So, uh, you know, this is kind of a funky motion, uh, a little different look out of the bullpen, and, uh, you know, that's always good. And uh, right now... Uh, you know, he's got those middle innings at bridge guy. And uh, those guys are really, really important. Yeah. If, uh, if Rosario was the, the story of the game, sort of at the, uh, on the offensive side, uh, the, the bullpen definitely was the, the story of the game on the other side, uh, Karen Chak and class a came in and, you know, it was, it was a, a struggle at times for both guys, but they, they came through clean, uh, in both of their innings and, Karen Jack, you know, fired up. He came in with a runner on base in the 10th and, and wound up getting a big strikeout of Eric Sogard. Uh, the celebration caught your eye, huh? Yeah, I was wondering, did, uh, did the Indians win the World Series or something? And he wasn't even a winner, right? They still had to hit in the, in the bottom of the inning. It wasn't like... Right, know, that right. Was that wasn't to of... close the game. They still had to yeah, score the yeah. run at the bottom of the inning. I'm know. sitting there thinking, you know, the Cubs got to be loving that in the other dugout. Or maybe they maybe they, they don't know what to make at Karen check either. But he was fired up. You know, that's kind of good to see. That was fun to see. Right. Uh, Sam Hedges just said in the, uh, the post game that uh, you couldn't really repeat some of the words that, that were coming out of Karen Cech's mouth uh, 
after the uh, the final the final out of the the tenth inning there. But you know, hey, whatever gets you going, uh, that energy, that emotion, that we haven't seen that there uh, at Progressive Field uh, in a couple of weeks. Uh, it was their second walk off win of the season, so uh, also good to see. Uh, just uh, an all around good day, and and to be able to 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 leave the the and get on the plane on a high note, not, uh, not folding there in a, in a game where your offense wasn't giving you much, but you still figured out a way to win. Yeah. And the last couple of games, Joe, you know, they had that terrible stat. What were they? One in 13, one in 14, when they scored three or fewer runs and uh, you know, the, in the sweep of the Cubs, what they, they win uh, three to two and uh, two to one, you know, so, you know, that that's encouraging, you know, that shows they can, uh, you know, win the close games and uh, when when the offense is in there and uh, it's always good to sweep and uh, get on the plane and, and fly to the West Coast. There's never been a better time to register for Indian subtext and get all your Cleveland Indians news with updates from Cleveland.com reporters Paul Hoynes and Joe Noga. Get on board now by going to joinsubtext.com slash Cleveland Indians. Our subscriber-based service gives you the latest news, analysis, and more from the Indians. For $3.99 a month, you get everything we're hearing from the team and the first word before things are announced. We text you big breaking news directly to your phone, even before it's up on cleveland.com. And you can text us directly with your questions and opinions on everything from the team's name to that day's lineup. And it's the only way to get your questions and comments on the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. Why sign up? Hear from one of our subscribers. I'm uh, Jeff Heinerson. I grew up there in Milan, Ohio, but I now live out in Idaho. I've been here for 40 years and uh, my son was born and raised here and I got him as a birthday present, uh, your subtext. And I wanted to thank Paul for sending him a birthday greeting and to tell you that he is really enjoying the subtext. He even he's not from Ohio, but because he grew up with me, he's hardcore Indian fan. So thanks again. Jeff and all of our Indian subtext subscribers agree. There's a lot going on with the Indians, and the best way to keep up is with Indian subtext. Go to joinsubtext.com slash Cleveland Indians, or better yet, text Hoinsey at 216-208-4346. Again, that's 216-208-4346. We look forward to hearing from you on Indian subtext. Yeah, also an indictment of where the Cubs are right now in terms of their offense because uh, they were not hitting the ball all weekend either. Now, there is a team in Chicago that's scoring about 40 runs a clip, uh, you know, over their last, uh, you know, week or so, but that's the White Sox. They beat up on the, the Twins all weekend, and the Indians are, are hanging around a game behind them in, uh, in the AL Central standings as they embark on this seven-game road trip uh, to the to the West Coast, uh, Seattle and Los Angeles. They're going to get uh, they're going to get tested definitely in Los Angeles, but but tonight uh, in Seattle, it's it's sort of a showcase game for for Major League Baseball. All the buzz is around the the up and coming new uh, prospects that were uh, just moments ago added to the Mariners roster: uh, outfielder Jerry Kelnick and uh, starting pitcher Logan Gilbert. Both will be in the starting lineup tonight against the Indians. This is uh, something that a lot of people around Major League Baseball are, are sort of paying attention to. Yeah, this is, uh, you know, the uh, a cl- how do you say his last name? Cl- Kelnick. Kelnick. Kelnick's, uh, you know, the top prospect uh, for uh, the Mariners. He was uh, traded by the Mets 
uh, for uh, in that Robinson uh, Cano trade, which looks like a dud right now. And uh, I don't know if the Mets gave up the farm or not, but obviously they did. And and uh, Logan Gilbert, who's going to start against the Tribe, so it's getting a lot of buzz around baseball and, and a lot of buzz in uh, in in Seattle. And uh, Kalenic is going to Kalenic is going <laughs> to I, I butchered it right. Kalenic Kalenic is going to start in center field. Uh, so we'll see, uh, you know, it's going to be fun. I, you know, the, the, uh, the amount of buzz, you know, you would think Ken Griffey Jr. is, is coming back or something. Right. Like that. Exactly. Well, well, remember back to February and this is where, um, all of this service time debate comes in. Uh, Kelnick has been sort of that, you know, pushing to, to make his debut, uh, over the last couple of seasons here. He's, he was in AAA, he was tearing up AAA, 178 minor league games, and, you know, his numbers were out of this world uh, for the, the Mariners. That he, was, he was at Tacoma. I think uh, this season he opened at Tacoma and hit two home runs in the opener. Uh, so it, it's, there was a debate back in February. Uh, I believe Seattle's uh, one of their executives, uh, Kevin Mather, uh, yeah. lost his job because he was on a Zoom call with the, a local Rotary Club and was talking about all these prospects and how, how Kelnick never had a chance to make his debut in 2020 because they were never going to start the clock on him uh, in terms of service time and that sort of thing. And that really didn't sit right. Those were like things you can, it, it was like, uh, like Mather had, had said the part that he's supposed to keep in his head out loud. Yeah. And uh, you know, everybody knows you're, you're keeping this guy in the minors to, to sort of manipulate his service time uh, and extend that. Now that, um, Kelnick isn't, hasn't made his debut, uh, before April 15th. So they've got, he won't get a, a full year of service time this year. They can keep him. He won't be a free agent until 2027. Again, that's a common practice among teams to, to do something like that. It's something that's going to be addressed by the, the, the upcoming CBA, but that was something that really didn't sit really well with a lot of the young players in the pipeline for Seattle. You got Kyle Lewis. You've got, uh, you know, Kelnick and and this uh, this other guy, uh, I believe Julio Rodriguez. Uh, yeah, it's Kelnick making his debut sort of ends that whole saga of, you know, hey, are are, are they manipulating his service time or not? Yeah, definitely. And uh, you know, like you said, Joe, it's baseball's uh, dirty little secret. Everybody knows what's going on. Uh, but very few people <laughs> come out and say it, <laughs> and, and when they do, it, they usually it, they get they get axed like Mather did, you know. Some it, it ends badly for them. So uh, so we'll see. You know, it's going to be exciting, and we uh, we also uh, Indian fans will also get to see uh, Justice Sheffield. I think Saturday, left-hander that uh, the Indians was a high draft pick from the tribe, and uh, they traded in the uh, Andrew Miller. In the Andrew Miller deal for, for the Yankees in 2016, he's bounced around a little bit with the Yankees. Now he's with Seattle, but uh, promising left-hander, and uh, we'll get to see what uh, the Indians gave up. Yeah, Sheffield went from the Indians to New York, and from New York to uh, Seattle in the James Paxton deal, I believe, uh, to get uh, James Paxton to New York. And now Paxton's back with Seattle as a free agent but he's on the injured list. And that's one of the reasons why we're seeing Logan Gilbert tonight is because that starting rotation 
is depleted and beleaguered and they've got injuries. Uh, even the, uh, uh, the kid from St. Ignatius, uh, Nick Margevichus, is out there. Yeah, he's and, and he's good. on the injured list as well, so uh, they won't get to see him. But uh, still, it, it should be an interesting series from the perspective of, you know, everybody's eyes are going to be on it. I, I think uh, the Indians are in a, a pretty decent spot in terms of, uh, you know, facing Kelnick this weekend because Zach, uh, Zach Plesak tonight has really good reverse splits against lefties. I think lefties have an uh, like a 555 OPS against him, and righties are are, are in like the mid 600s. Uh, but Plesac has really sort of turned a corner in the last couple of starts. Uh, 24% strikeout rate. He's he really looks like a completely different pitcher than the guy who uh, gave up eight runs in a no hitter uh, against the um, White Sox a couple weeks ago. I mean, he he was. He was great the last time out and unfortunately got no hit in that game too. But he, you know, against the Reds Saturday night, eight scoreless innings, three hits, uh, seven strikeouts. He was almost as good as Miley. Uh, you know, he threw the no hitter. I mean, and uh, so, yeah, like he's in a good spot right now, Joe. He says he's locked in uh, and, and he looks like it. So it, it'll be fun to watch him pitch tonight and see how he does. You think about it, you've got, uh, you know, Plesak who started both of the no-hitters and, and, and wind up, winds up not, uh, you know, not factoring into the decision on Saturday. But uh, Luplo actually ended both of the no-hitters with, uh, with ground outs. So it's kind of weird uh, that, that twice in a season you've got a starting pitcher who started a game that ended up with a no-hitter or that ended up being a no-hitter and uh, an outfielder who ended both games the same way, basically. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I mean that is that's strange. It's not cool, it's, man. What are you talking about? But it's but it's unique. What, what one of the things that makes baseball unique? I guess. I, I just go back to what what Austin Hedges told us in the uh, the interview the other day, where he said, you know, it doesn't yeah. matter if we go if we get twenty uh, get no hit twenty times uh, this year, uh, and and we wind up winning the division and making it to the World Series, no one's going to think twice about it. And I said. I looked at him on the, on, the, on the Zoom and I said, Austin, please don't get no hit 20 times this year. I don't think, I don't think us as reporters could take it if that were the no. case. So that, that, would, that would end us, really. For sure. That is, that is way, way too stressful. Uh, we did get a chance to talk to Roberto Perez yesterday uh, before the game uh, as, as he sat there with a giant wrap on his, his right hand. Uh, post-surgery uh, after getting pins inserted into his right ring finger. Uh, you know, it, you could tell that he was disappointed again. This is the third year in a row that, you know, some sort of injury, something has hampered him, sidelined him. You know, he had the bone spurs in 2019 that he had to deal with all season and then have surgery in the offseason. Uh, he had the shoulder injury last year, which really sort of hampered him at the plate. Uh, this year, it's the 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 broken finger uh, it sort of takes him back to 2016 when he sort of the same timeline where he missed a couple of months because he had finger surgery back in 2016 uh, but he was able to come back from that and he said hey you know in 2016 they went to the world series so maybe it's a good omen yeah i mean the life of a catcher is a tough one joe i mean and and roberto really really has 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 gotten the, the short end of the stick here you know the last few years and especially 
after you work so hard in the off season, you lose all that weight, you know, you change your body around, he loses 25 pounds, he gets in great shape. And then, you know, on a mix up with uh, Karen check on a pitch, uh, you know, you, you, you get, you, you break your finger and, you know, bang, you're, you're down for eight to 10, 10 weeks. I mean, that's, that's a big, big chunk of the season. And this is his free agent year as well. This could, so it's, it's a critical time for him. Right. All right. Well, we'll look forward to tonight's, uh, you know, opener of the the road trip here in Seattle, uh, and and your uh, your coverage of that. And uh, tell us what you think of Jared Kelnick in the uh, in in his first uh, major league game. Uh, the Indians have have had some success when uh, other high prospects have made their major league debut against them. Uh, go back to you know Daniel Lynch uh, earlier this year in Kansas City. Uh, hopefully we'll uh, we'll we'll see what the the Indians have in store for uh, Logan Gilbert and Jared Kelnick tonight in Seattle. It should be fun, Joe. All right, we'll talk to you later, Hoisey.